and gents, ready to rock and roll. Welcome to the jungle. A few minutes late, but we're here and ready to rumble. One podcaster to another. We're ready to have a conversation. What it's like building a brand, running a podcast, and just doing the damn thing, meeting new people. So let's do this. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business, business Bros. Bros. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we even right. had somebody chiming in before the yeah. show. Yeah. <laughs> what up, Business Bros? All right, Ham, drop the heat, baby. All right, all you business pros out there, before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, drop a review, help other like-minded guests, like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it, and if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz, schedule your time, and don't forget to Follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody, we're so excited and honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod. God, family, finance, self. These are the guiding principles for our guest who recently hit 100 episodes on his podcast where he discusses the challenges men go and grow through while leading with God at the forefront. Our guest is a passionate CEO, founder, and thought leader who has a deep passion and desire to help others. He is dedicated to the education, encouragement, and development of young men, fighting in the face of a society bent on tearing these men down. By providing resources for those seeking entrepreneurship and passive income opportunities, useful relationship tips, dynamic speakers, and thoughts on trending topic, our guest hopes to reach his audience and help them succeed. If you find yourself about to send your child off to school for the first time, needing to heal from toxic relationships, or curious about getting into the hemp industry, these are just a few of the topics covered by our guests, and I can't wait to see what we talk about today. Joining us today, .com Magazine's Impact Company of the Year Award winner for 2021 and host of the Gentleman Style Podcast, welcome to the show, Marcus Norman! Ooh, fire! Marcus, welcome to the program, man. Thank you all. Thank you all for having me. Pleasure to be here. I appreciate you all. Oh, dude. 100 episodes. That is one tremendous feat. There are so many people who start a podcast and never get past that 7 or 12 marker. They pod fade ends up happening. And then you get technical difficulties like yesterday where, you know, it's only Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, but it felt like the internet shut down yesterday. You know, tell me a little bit about why you got this whole podcast started and how did that affect you? Um, yesterday was kind of traumatic uh, for me. I felt distraught. <laughs> I was very concerned because I was in the middle of an interview, but um, th- oh. yeah, we just plugged through it. I was still on YouTube. I was still on um, Twitch. And so I still continued on and I pressed forward and I just innovated like like we all do. Right. That's what we do. We just roll with the punches on these shows. The podcast was was started just c- 
thank you for the fabulous intro. It's, it's always weird to hear yourself, but the podcast <laughs> has started to give um, men an opportunity to have one single location that you can get information on anything, whether it be real estate, relationships, right? You got to go here. You got to go there. Business, starting a business, going self-employed. So there's no central location for that. So that's what the podcast was started for. So can we talk about venting and letting things go or does it get like, like hostile? Do we start, you know, vax, unvax? Do you, do you get all kinds of crazy stuff on your podcast or is it uh, mostly on the business side? So I get some unique hosts. Like I get some unique guests on the show. Like, for example, I had a sex professional on the show and, you know, that's that's important in relationships. Right. And no one wants to talk about it because it's so sensitive. We're all very sensitive around the topic of sex, but we still need to know. Right. And so I brought a sex spurt <laughs> on the show to talk about the things that nobody else wants to talk about. So unique stuff like that. During COVID, I had a lot of experts who wanted to talk about vitamin um um, COVID and and vitamin D and the benefits of having vitamin D in your system and went during COVID and how you can fight back. So a lot of talks around that. So I adjust with my audience and I adjust during the times. And of course, real estate, um, ATM business, starting an ATM business. That was a great, great interview and investing in real estate, of course. Dude, so I have your episode is making money with uh, with with uh, ATMs, but I think that's off, right? ATMs and podcasting. So, did you actually start an ATM business as well, or was that just the guest that was on your show? Um, both. So, I started an ATM business as well. So, I have a portfolio of about twelve ATMs that I manage and operate myself. And um, right, no one wants to listen to me. So, I brought an expert who had been doing the business for thirty years. He had hundreds and hundreds of ATMs, and I brought him on the show to talk about it because it is a really, really great stream of income um, besides, you know, working a traditional nine to five. No one wants to talk about these things. So the ATM business is a unique opportunity. I don't want to deal with snacks, right? I don't want to do mm -hmm. vending. Mm -hmm. I don't want to deal with chips because all those things expire. You got to deal with FDA, um, and you got to swap out the food if no one buys it. But I like dealing with cash. It's very simple. It's very easy. I just stock up cash and that's it. Are you the one actually doing the stocking of the cash or do you have like uh, armored truck guys that come in and make the change on that stuff? So you can, right? You can hire an armored truck. You can hire Brinks. You can hire Dunbar to fill it, but you have to pay them a percentage of the machine, right? And mm -hmm. so um, starting out, you don't want to, you, you need every penny, right? And so when I first started, I did it myself and I still do it to myself. Um, and I've tried to hire people. I've tried to hire people, but um, everyone got comfortable with the the stimulus, right? Everyone got comfortable <laughs> with the with the during COVID times. You're talking about unemployment. Yeah, everybody got comfortable with unemployment. So they're like, well, you know, it's like, well, I, I make more money doing this. I'm like, the the, the money's going to run out at some point. What are you going to do then? And it did. So I still made money even during the pandemic. Dude, that's a good that's a good way to go. I want to know. I'm I'm a little curious about the the ATM machine thing, uh, mainly because I feel like there's a movement, a shift into more of a cashless society, um, and, and especially in the last couple of years. What how has that affected your the, the ATM business? Does it still look like a like a hefty prospect, or is it something that's slowly working its way out? Or are you shifting over? Because I've seen some vending some uh, ATM machines that do uh, any type of of uh, like Bitcoin type transactions. Yes. So my ATMs as well, um, 
can do Bitcoin as well. So they can do mm-hmm. Bitcoin and you can buy and purchase and sell Bitcoin on my machines as well. So still dealing with cash. <gasps> nice. <laughs> still, if you need cash, but if you want to buy Bitcoin, um, there's a partnership with Liberty X that my machines are registered on. So all Liberty X clientele um, are on their website. And if someone is searching to buy Bitcoin, my machine pops up in their search engine as available or closest to you. So they get the information and the address of my Bitcoin ATM and they drive to it and they make a purchase. How do you, okay. Well, so a couple questions. One, where do you get your machines from? Is that something, and is it, is it super expensive to get started? Um, I get my machines from a processor. So there are many processors. There's Codtronics, there's ATM Depot, there's Payment Alliance. There's many different processors out there. And these are the processors that sell and also offer um, services. So th- when you get an ATM, it's not expensive. It's a it's an investment, right? You got to get out of the mindset of, you know, that's what I had to do. I had to get out of the mindset of, um, of how much this costs and realize what I was going to gain long term. And so the average machine runs between 2,500, depending on the customizations of it. If you want um, multiple cassettes, if you want a bigger screen, if you want a camera on it, do you want a, a topper on the top of it for advertisement purposes? So the more customized the machine is, the more expensive it becomes. And so you get a machine that ranges about 2,500 and the most expensive is 4,500 to 5,000. But that's just what you want on it and just the features that you want on it. And um, no, it's not expensive at all because my first ATM, when I placed it, um, made money, started making money within the first hour. Hmm. So what kind of revenue are you seeing from from an ATM? I mean, I'm assuming location, 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 like anything else. Right. But assuming, you know, well, let's let's talk about that. Assuming that you you get a good location, what does a good location look like? What kind of revenue can we expect? Perfect. So let's. So the revenue you can expect is based off of the fee that you collect or the fee that you set up for the machine. And so let's start with $2.50 per transaction. That's $2.50 per transaction. Let's just say it's a slow day and the machine only does 10 transactions that one day, right? So $2.50 times 10 is $25. That's not going to change anybody's life. That's not going to make you, you know, quit your job, right? But times $25 times 30 days in a calendar month. And that's $750 for one machine doing 10 transactions a day. Right? That's a that's car not, note. That's not bad, man. I mean, for for those who don't math very much, you know, you spend 5 grand 5 grand on a machine you know, that's, you know, 500 bucks a month, less than what you're saying is six grand. So you're already profitable at $500 a month. You're at 750. So you already got your money back in year one. That's a damn good ROI. That is an incredible ROI. And it's an overlooked business. All right. So what makes a good location and in how many transactions make it a good location? Um, anything over a hundred transactions, make it a great location. Um, and also is there a need, right? Um, I've met just kind of like podcasting. I've met a lot of people that got into the business and they burn out, right. And they burn out because they, they don't invest the money. They spend every dime that the machine makes and they don't use it to grow. Right. I take the cash from the machine and I use it to market. I use it to promote. I use it to find new locations. So anything over a hundred is a pretty good location. A hundred transactions per day. 100 transactions um, per month. Okay. Absolutely. Well, no, you're right. 100 transactions per day. So if it's generate, so gas stations make good locations. Um, laundromats, um, uh, elderly communities are good locations because um, the elderly still want to deal with cash for Absolutely. some strange reason. Um, 
cash only laundromats, right? Um, what else? What else? I have a bar, right? I have bars. I have barber shops, right? Barber shops that they're 1099s and they want to collect rent from their their booth guys or their customers, right? Their customers want to pay with cash, but the 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 barber doesn't want to pay cash app that fee, right? If you cash mm-hmm. app somebody, that you have to pay a fee to get that money expedited to you, right? Versus they made money going to that machine. You got the, the owner got paid, I got paid, and then the customer paid with cash. So there's no fee. So everybody wins in that transaction. Barbershops, laundry, cash only laundromats, um, apartment complexes, gas stations, you name it. I just did a major event um, um, at an agriculture fair. So far, go, horseback riding, llama riding goats right um and they had a hundred vendors at the site well it was in the middle of nowhere so there was no signal but my atm i transacted over six thousand dollars at that event so you can you can decide to move your machine at any given time sounds like or place it at, at at venue locations like that um what what kind of restrictions do you have? Well, I mean, and I got a ton of questions on this. What kind of restrictions do you have as far as where you're placing these things? Um, and and you know, I guess I mean you talked about the signal. Is that like some some of the restrictions that we can expect? Yeah. So right, you got to be conscious. So I've been doing this for about a couple of years now. So I had the experience. Um, you can get a booster for your ATM because it, my ATMs you don't have to. I put my ATMs on their own internet service. So I don't use the owner's internet, um, even though some vendors will do that. They'll they'll put the ATM in the business and then they'll hook up to the owner's um, internet signal via a LAN port or a plugin. Well, that's dangerous because if the ATM and your register are hooked on, onto the same network, when the internet goes down in the building or the building lose power, um, lose internet, you your ATM is down as well. So. Mm. I put my ATMs on their own internet service. So when I was out in the middle of nowhere and people had no signal, my ATMs had a booster on them. So I put an internet uh, Wi-Fi booster on them and I put two antennas. I put additional antennas in the machine. So I was still able to get signal and do transactions when people couldn't do cash app in the middle of nowhere because their phones don't have a signal out there. Mm. Are you ever worried about... uh theft like what happens to the machine who's watching it where is it is a specific location type stuff absolutely i'm always i'm always conscious about theft and vandalism so my machines are are um insured so i have i put insurance on them and i put insurance on the cash that's number one all my machines is are bolted or fastened to the space and so if i have a standalone machine or a wall mounted machine it is bolted to that wall or that floor um, so I'm gonna drill holes in it and put and bolt that machine down with anchor bolts. Um, they're about six inch anchor bolts that go deep. So no one's, you know, he manning this thing up and putting it on their back and walking off. Um, and so that's one security. I have insurance. I bolt my machines to the wall or the floor. And then um, what else did I do? So I don't tell anyone when I'm coming by. Most businesses that I have, they give me a key. Mm. Right. So I don't announce when I'm coming by. I'm not Dunbar. I'm not Brinks. I am very incognito. Right. <laughs> right. I'm going to walk in like this and with a bag full of cash, with a bag, with a small bag full of cash <laughs> or a backpack or something discreet. That's something that doesn't stand out. Um, so I come in with a backpack looking like this and I tell all the owners, do not announce who I am. Right. Mm. Do not tell anyone. So I come in all hours of the night. I can come anytime I want because I have a key. So that keeps me safe and that keeps me. So those three things, insurance, bolting to the floor and 
the the shift in showing up whenever I want. I don't tell anybody. Even the owner doesn't know when I'm going to come. All right. So that gives you the anonymity you need from from the public. Um, and you kind of you mentioned that you can hire some of these companies to come in and deliver the cash. Um, they take you said a percentage. I'm assuming like any smart business, they're taking a percentage of the gross distributed from that machine. It depends. So Brinks, for example, wants so if your ATM is going to charge two fifty and they're putting their cash in it and they're filling it, they may want a dollar to a dollar fifty of that mm. fee. So um, you 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 earn the safety and the benefit of using Dunbar's cash to fill the machine, but you're losing out on net profits overall. Because and so they don't take they either take they don't take a gross they take a percentage of the fee of that machine. Say that again. A, a profit. A, uh, they take a gross profit of the entire machine. They don't take a gross profit. So if the machine is two dollars and fifty cents, they want a dollar. Okay. 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 Of each transaction. So the revenue taken in. So you're down to a buck fifty per transaction. All right. right. So that makes sense. All right. So that's cool. But that's not a that's not a bad business, right? I mean, so you're you're essentially you're providing people with the cash that they need. You're you're you have a a automated business. How often are you going out to refill these machines? Because that's really where the work comes in. You said that people get burned out on it. How often are you going out? So I go out every couple of weeks. I've gotten to the point between 11 ATMs that I'm able to fill them. And they last a good while. In the beginning, I was going out every other day, mm. <laughs> right? Because I was, I was, you know, once you buy the machine, you also have the cash. To, you have to put the cash in the machine, right? And so doing those things, um, I didn't have a lot of cash in the beginning. Now, um, the average machine can hold um, ten to twenty thousand dollars. Oh, and so, okay. So you visit the machine as much as you're willing to put into the machine, and there are oh. algorithms and there are metrics that you can test and run to figure out the traffic that this machine generates, and it'll actually tell you. Your processor will tell you, "Hey, if you want this machine to last from this day to this day, the algorithm says put this much cash in based off of the average of the machine how it's been producing." So the burnout happened at the beginning because essentially you just didn't have the cash to fill it to the 10 to 20 grand and, and times the number of machines that you end up getting. So that's why people get burnt out because they, they invest in this machine. It might be a good chunk of the, the money that they have saved up or ready to invest. They get the machine, but then they can only fill it with so much of their own cash. Uh, I have a question. Right? Yeah, go for it, Ham. So you have to somehow convince all of these uh business owners also to allow you to put your machine into their businesses and i feel like that's one of the hardest things especially when it comes to the high traffic areas that you're talking about can you like talk about some things that you've shared and some experience that you've had in putting machines in high traffic areas and uh the conversations that you've had with those business owners Absolutely. So it's actually the easiest part is the negotiation. I tell you, hey, man, I want to put an ATM in your business. Everyone has a general idea of how an ATM functions. And unlike I used to do sales. So I sold life insurance. Um, I did business to business. I, I worked for State Farm, Aflac. So door to door sales was what I was familiar with. And so um, unlike insurance, that's a complex thing, right? I got to, well, your policy is going to do this. If you die, this is how much it's going to pay out. This is how much your wife is going to get. This That's a complex thing. But I walk up to a business owner, a barbershop owner who understands how an ATM generally operates. 
right? That's an easy conversation. That's an easier conversation than most traditional sales. And so I oftentimes, as soon as I walk into a bar or a barbershop or a gas station, I said, my name is Marcus Norman. Here's my business card. Um, and I do ATMs. That, that's, that's, that's the hardest part is getting them to see that <laughs> you're in the business for real. So I show them my website, I show them my, my business card, and I show them pictures of previous installs that I've done. And the machine, and the easiest part is the machine doesn't cost them a thing. Mm -hmm. So that's the benefit to the business owner because the business owner doesn't have to pay for the machine. I am fronting the money. I'm servicing the machine and you get a free ATM in your high volume, high traffic location. That's an easy sale. The business owner doesn't have to cough up any money. He doesn't have to maintain it. And he understands the general concept of how the machine functions and how he's going to make money. So that's mm -hmm. an easier sale than most traditional sale products. So you, don't, you don't get any objections then? Um, no, <laughs> what I usually get is, is negotiating the price, right? So that's where the money comes in. So I, for example, I had a gas station owner that wanted, he wanted me to front the money. He wanted me to fill the machine and he wanted me to buy the machine, but he wanted all of the fee. How's that work? It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It was crazy. So that was obviously a deal I walked away from. Because I asked myself, what's the point of this? Why would I put my machine? Why would I front the money? Why would I fill it? And you collect the entire fee. And he said, well, it's advertisement for you. I said, get out of here. That's <laughs> not how it works. That's not how any of this works. Yeah. All right. So what, what about uh, the... I mean, the business owner, I'd imagine one of the greatest benefits is when you're dealing with cash, you're not dealing with credit card processing fees. So isn't that a huge saving in and of itself? I mean, they got a ton of transactions right there going through. Uh, is, is that one of your sales pitches? Do you have any machines that are in there essentially rent free to the benefit of the uh, business owner? Absolutely. So they are in there rent free. The owner just sits back and collects the profits. He doesn't do any of the work. And again, the ATM is a is a is it's an attractor. So if you put a sign on your gas station that says ATM inside, um, because people think gas stations, right? People think the money is made at the gas pump. No, the money is made on the inside of the gas station. The owner has to try and convince you to come inside whether it be to buy smokes, to buy juice, to buy chips, to buy cigarettes. So the owner who's who is trying to get you to come inside. If I put a sign out that says, come inside ATM um, in here, you're likely to come inside. You're likely to make a withdrawal and chances are high that you're going to make a purchase, even small. And yes, you're going to, the owner is going to save and reap the benefits because he doesn't have that um, credit card processing fee to worry about. So multiple, multiple benefits. Again, the ATM, once you're advertising that an ATM is funk here, um, people tend to want to come inside. The money isn't made at the gas pump. The money is made from what you buy in the store. All right, so that's the story on cash. What about the newer venture? So you said your machines are able to essentially buy, uh, buy digital currencies. How's that started to affect your business? Um, it's just another stream of income. It hasn't affect, It's affected it in a good way as the world transitions and people gravitate to that, the concept of being able to that um, Bitcoin is no longer a fad. It's no longer a trend or something that's hip. It's actually here to stay. And so as people transition over and as people's mindset shifts, because that's going to take time. That's the hardest part, right? Bitcoin is already here. 
is just gravitating all those people over to a new system and a new currency and a new style of paying for for items. For example, when we when when chip readers came in, that took years to implement, right? It took all these business owners had to upgrade their chip readers, um, their card swipers to chip enable readers. That takes time. That doesn't happen in the span of a couple of weeks or months. And so the same expectation is going to happen with Bitcoin. And as an ATM operator, you have to be prepared to transition over, um, which we're going to benefit. Also, the Bitcoin fees are higher. So versus a $2 and $3 fee, the Bitcoin ATM charges about $8 per transaction. So there's even more money to be made and it's a cashless system. So there's no refilling. I just sit back and, you know, I see the transaction volume and I get paid every single month. Dude, that is fire. I mean, that's really what we're in the business for. And I love how you talked about the, the change taking time. I teach a class called Financial Algebra, and right now we're talking about uh, bank accounts. So I teach high school seniors, right? We're talking about bank accounts. There's this whole section in this book that's old now, uh, but talking about check registers and checks themselves. And this year was really eye-opening for me to sit back and be like, you know, I'm, I'm talking about the whole spiel about checks and, and balancing your checkbook, all that stuff. And then it kind of hit me. And I was like, how many of you guys ever seen a check before or received a check before? It was like one or two kids in the entire class raised their hand. And I was like, no kid gets a check. If they want to send cash, they Venmo it, right? Or they cash app it or they Zelle. And that's like, that's that the idea or the thought process of let me write you a check is aging its way out. So when you talk about, you know, people taking time for them to use Bitcoin, it's that idea of we need a whole generation to grow up utilizing this new technology before it really becomes mainstream and pushes the out pushes everybody who had never used it before out is that about right that's exactly it that's exactly it it's going to take time it's going to, and uh, unfortunately the older generation has to die off and the newer generation is going to get more used to um because your money is already electronic right when you get direct deposits you don't see that tangible cash when you swipe your card it's not a physical dollar bill, but it, your money is already electronic. So the concept behind that um, is already instilled in us, has already been ingrained in us. We just have to visualize it that um, China, Japan is already doing this. There's no, there's no, they are operating from a Bitcoin system, right? You go into businesses and you make purchases. They're, they're light years ahead of us. It's going to take time, just like anything. Um, Europe, right, was already on a chip reader system with their debit cards the united states just caught on in 2016 and we're still there's still businesses today that still don't have a chip enabled reader um so it just takes time dude very very informative episode for today man i'm, I'm like i said that it, atms have been around for a long time and the fact that people aren't banking on them you know pun intended it's, it's funny right it's funny how you, these are opportunities that are there if, if people just knew and had an idea of how to get that and how to get that information so with that being said um we got your information scrolling on the screen about your podcast but how do we get information about atm stuff if, if people are interested um to get information about atm stuff you can look me up on instagram at gentleman style podcast um on facebook is the same handle gentleman style podcast and on youtube and any other um Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, um, I, uh, Google Play, Audible. I'm on all major platforms where you can see or hear podcasts. Nice, dude. All right. 
So last little thing, you are, you've been on a lot of different podcasts. You have a podcast yourself. Uh, and you know, I, I want to know what was your experience like on our show? What did we do? Well, what can we work on? Um, this show is phenomenal. You, I love the, the music. I love the, the setup. I love you guys' um, integrations with the, 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 the videos. I love that. Love that. Love that. Um, anything to improve? I, I am in awe of you guys. So you guys are the leaders in this. Um, I am. Not. <laughs> this is a great, great show. Great job, guys. Thanks, Marcus. Thank you very much, man. Dude, 100 episodes ain't no thing, dude. You're you're just getting started. You only cracked the surface of what this thing has to offer. I'm curious. Uh, for me, it's been one of the greatest learning experiences, being able to plug into other entrepreneurs who are doing the damn thing out there, making the mistakes, taking those steps, you know, hitting those failures, but also succeeding in some of the big wins that, that a lot of the entrepreneurs have had. How's it affected you in your life interviewing different entrepreneurs? Um, it's grown me, right? Talking with experts and learning, right? And learning from people and learning from great guests who um, are in industries that most of us haven't heard of, right? 1031 exchanges, right? Those are uncommon things. And I had to stick in, right? Because in podcasting, you don't get paid. You don't get paid right away. You have to stick in the fight. You got to stay in the fight and realize I had to tell myself off. I'd given up on podcasting. I had stopped. I had quit before this. And someone asked me a question about um, ATMs and then I sent them to link to my show because I was already previously recorded and they're like, you need to start this again. So I was inspired to start over again because I gave up before. It's hard, man. Like sticking to that schedule and getting on here and doing it every day. It ain't the easiest thing in the world, but it's been super, super fun, man. I, 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 again, just like, like I said, everybody who's been on the show has something interesting. Just like you laid out those unique business opportunities that are out there, uh, just to understand and learn the language that they speak in that business. And then maybe even reaching out and talking to people to kind of get an idea of, Hey, maybe I should get started in this. This sounds very interesting to me. Uh, it's been, it's been one hell of a ride and your show, your episode is no different, my friend. Like I, I said, ATMs, everybody knows how they work. We all have used an ATM before, but to operate it like a business owner, that is unique. And, and you gave us a, a bunch of great information. So thank you very much for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. This is a great, great show. I appreciate the opportunity. All right, ladies and gents, ATMs, man, that's it. Go to GentlemanStylePodcast.com. Check out what Marcus is going and what Marcus has going on. Give him a little support on his podcast, man. Give him a little like, give him a little follow. But most of all, if you're interested in handling the money while you make some money, make sure you guys check out those ATMs and what he's got going on over there. You never know that little bit of extra cash. I mean, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but a couple hundred bucks a month. That will totally change a lot of people's lives. Add multiple machines. Now you're talking a couple thousand. That's that's huge. That makes life-changing decisions for you. Could put a kid through college. It could, you know, I don't know, buy you the car that you're looking for, take on the vacation that you want, all using the same thing we're already using anyways. A little bit of cash. All right, ladies and gents, we'll see you guys on the next episode. Peace. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the business bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the insurance bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation. 
or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.